The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, everyone. Always glad to have you riding along with us. Another trip talk episode. We're delighted to do these. And the great places we visit and the people we talk to make doing this show a joy. Thanks so much to Eric, our producer. He's got us online and ready to go. And at this point, I think I need to say something in the way of a promo. I need to make our listeners aware of a wonderful opportunity online right now. And then we'll get to our guest, our guest who has the most about ghosts, by the way. <laughs> Slowly but surely, America is opening up again for business, travel, and new adventures. It's time to fuel your open road dreams and plan that amazing journey along our nation's highways and byways with the inspiration and assistance of American Road Magazine. Every issue of American Road offers exciting features, high-quality writing, and beautiful photography, covering a wide range of alluring places just waiting to be discovered by road warriors of all descriptions across America. The gorgeous horizon is wide enough to accommodate your personal vision of the best road trip ever. There has never been a better time to treat yourself or someone special with the gift of a subscription to American Road Magazine. But there's something special going on this season. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com, click the cover photo, and enjoy the online edition of the Spring 2020 issue for free. Well, you can't beat free, and you can't beat some of the stuff we're going to hear over the balance of this brief show. We're going to get in as much as possible about haunted hotels and haunted hiking trails as we talk to our good friend Marie D. Jones, who makes her second appearance on Trip Talk. For the past two decades, Marie D. Jones has been researching and writing her way to literary stardom through nonfiction and fiction genres alike. Marie is also a screenwriter and producer with a science fiction feature film titled Aurora, in development now with Bright Frontier Films, as well as numerous other projects in various stages of development. She is the author of more than 20 books, including Celebrity, Ghosts, and Notorious Hauntings, a compendium of places to visit, if you dare, that are accessible by road. Marie D. Jones joining us for the second time. Marie, how are you today, my dear? I, I am doing well. Doing good. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing just fine. Technical good. considerations aside, I'm so thrilled that you can join us here. I'm holding a copy of your wonderful book that you kindly sent me, Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Hauntings. And Marie, I thought not only am I enjoying it immensely, but I wanted to sort of break it up because there's so much information. I called it a compendium for good reason. So much information, so many wonderful and eerie stories here. I thought, well, why don't we do it in segments I'm sure we'll have you back. We'll be talking about other places to visit. But today I thought we could get into haunted hotels and haunted hiking trails, which sometimes are near where you might be staying at a hotel, whether that's haunted or not. The trails seem to be, or maybe you have to drive a bit out of your way to get to them. But these are places where, whether the haunts are happy or not, you can go on your own paranormal expedition by road. And I thought that would be a great way for us to visit together today. So here we are, rock and roll. Okay, 
we're in the car and we're headed out all over America <laughs> to these places. My goodness, the places to see it, they are so numerous. Mm. How about we mention a place, I'd like to go to hotels first, Marie, because, and believe it or not, I am just ashamed of myself. I was in Estes Park, Colorado. I went to and spent part of an afternoon at Rocky Mountain National Park, with Estes Park being the gateway to that national park. And I didn't go into the Stanley Hotel, drat. I should have done it and arranged to take the tour, however they handle that, because if anybody has read the book The Shining and, of course, seen the movie, you have seen the Stanley Hotel at its terrifying best. But I did not know how that came to be so famous in the career of Stephen King until I read your book, Marie. So why don't you share that with our listeners to kick off this this tremendous conversation we can have about all things haunted when you're seeking them on the road. Well, of course, you're going to pick the one hotel that I didn't mark down the page number. Oh, oh well, let's see. see. I can take care of that for you. <laughs> this is all very free form and loosey goosey today. I, know, I can see. I know. I marked, you know, it's funny. I marked a bunch of them. Oh, I have it. And I didn't, pick the, Stan I didn't pick the Stanley because I figured everybody knows about the Stanley. But not the but way anyway, you write about it. They do. They do. So, yeah, if you're a Stephen King fan, you know that there is a. Uh, this big, sprawling, complex-looking hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Probably really cool to go there during the winter when it's it's sort of snowed in. Very panoramic views of the Rockies. Stephen King um, supposedly has, when they filmed The Shining, his classic book, and I'm sure most people have seen the movie, there's a very particular room that they feature in the movie that was supposed to be where the old woman was in the bathtub and there were all kinds of things that had happened in that room and people that now go to the hotel. Now, even though that was just a movie, uh, people go there and claim that room 401 is haunted. And I, and people will report children running up and down the halls um, blankets, this is the one I don't like. Blankets being pulled off of your legs when you're in bed. Mm. Wow. Apparently in the movie, uh, everyone knows the bar area is haunted um, with ghosts from, I think that was the 1920s. So people, uh, actually the hotel opened earlier than that. It opened in 1909. So there's a lot of ghosts that appear in dress of the time. So apparently a lot of people say that they see ghostly images in the bar, in the billiards room. Um, what's interesting is in the room 217 was originally the one room that was supposed to be the most haunted. And then room 401 became famous too. Now I have to say here, I don't know I know that they do ghost tours all the time and they do ghost investigations where the public is invited. I think you have to pay. Um, I'm not sure, though, if you can actually stay in the hotel right now because of what's going on in the country, right. in the world. So uh, if you want to go take a look at the hotel, I would advise um, checking the website or calling to make sure they're doing public tours. And I do know for a fact that a lot of these haunted hotels that I looked at have virtual tours online while everybody is in 
quote unquote lockdown. So I can that see place, a virtual ghost. You can't, you know, maybe you can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's 142 rooms in the hotel. It's, a lot of it's been uh, refurbished. But again, I know normally if you do want to stay there, you have to call way in advance. However, nothing stops you from driving by. <laughs> Yeah, going and seeing if maybe the, you know, there's a, a gift shop area open. But again, I would check right now because of everything that's going on with uh, COVID-19. I would certainly uh, the, want to visit the bar too, Marie, because yes, I remember from the movie, great, great job of direction as always by Stanley Kubrick. But when you go into that bar, I remember the scene where the ghostly bartender is there and he is backlit and it just creates this kind of ghostly sheen creepy. coming from his eyes. Oh man. And I thought this place is incredible. And there I, I drove by it there in Estes Park in summertime, which is a oh, great way to go, by the way. It. Yeah. Driven by it, not to it. And I will make amends at the next opportunity. That's a place I'd love to see again anyway. Rocky Mountain. Yeah, and apparently, Park is store. Um, I don't, you know, is the maze actually still standing? Well, I don't know because I didn't go up the driveway. You but didn't, I intend, okay. <laughs> but I intend to, yeah. to ask about that sort of thing. Uh, but that scene really gripped me. The other thing that I learned reading your book, though, Marie, in that section, and this is something that, well, I'll let people decide for themselves. There, But when you go there, you are going to a hotel that prior to the phenomenon that is The Shining, the book and then the movie, apparently it didn't have a reputation for being haunted. No, not at all. And that's one of the interesting things that, you know, is pop culture here influencing reality <laughs> or the other way around. But, you know, people say they see the owner, F.O. Stanley, the hotel was named after him, the Stanley Hotel, the ghost of him and his wife. But I've never until Stephen King and The Shining, I've never and I don't know anybody else who had heard stories of anything tragic happening there where you would see these ghosts. So I don't know if this is a projection of, of pop culture onto this eerie location. Um, or, you know, I, I know Stephen King does sometimes include some truths in his books, but I, I will tell you this, there's another hotel and I'm going to find it that also has a Stephen King connection and there's a bunch in San Diego. Oh, I can't wait to get to those. So there's another hotel that there's a movie called 1408 with uh, John Cusack. I don't know if yes. you've ever seen it. Okay, well, that hotel, that, there's a real hotel that had that room. And now, of course, I'm trying to find the dang hotel. And uh, it became famous in the same way. I mean, there was no story of it being haunted until... You know, Stephen King got a hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If I know that uh, the Stanley, for example, in this other hotel, many of them throughout your book, as a matter of fact, in, in that section of it, have become known as paranormal hotspots. And people will give detailed accounts. Now, these are anecdotal, but that's right. fine. People are telling right. stories of what happened to them, what they experienced, right. and they share that. And a lot of those stories match up independently, which makes it extra eerie. Yeah. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm going to sound like it cut out. So the other hotel was the Omni Parker Hotel, or it's called the Omni Parker House. It's In Boston. 
Boston's most haunted hotel. So now this is one that has a little bit of history. It was built in the 1800s. Um, a man named Harvey Parker ran the hotel until he died. It was a very swanky place where people, literary figures like Ralph Waldo Emerson, Charles Dickens, uh, some other famous guests include John Wilkes Booth. Uh, presidents stayed there. So it had a lot of history, but it got its notoriety, and which is why I included it as a notorious haunting, because room 303 of the hotel, which is now walled off, inspired Stephen King to write his story 1408, which was later made into a movie with John Cusack. And it's about a, a tormented writer staying in a horror-filled hotel room, which is interesting because the hotel did attract a lot of literary figures. So now I don't think there's any real uh, room number 1408, but apparently this room 303, you can't even go in. And I don't know if it's because the Stephen King movie caused, you know, all kinds of tourists and people to flock there and wanting to stay in room 303. If maybe there's some was something really scary that the hotel didn't want to expose people to. So there's a lot of these hotels that have really bizarre backstories to them. Oh, yes. And connected with very famous people, as you've indicated, I can tell you that in I had none of this knowledge beforehand. But as it happened on a walking tour in Boston, I went into the Omni Parker Hotel and I found it there. If not swanky, it was certainly elegant enough. And I know from reading your book that it was chosen by then John F. Kennedy prior to being elected yes. to Congress. Uh -huh. I think it was in 1948. He ran for Congress and he announced his candidacy at that hotel. Yeah, yeah. I think in those days it was probably considered swanky, but by our standards today <laughs> you go right. in some of these places I know it's kind of quaint um, but yeah I think what's really cool about notorious haunted places is that every single city has a number of, of whether they're hotels, motels inns, haunted hiking trails roadways, prisons universities, you name it and so if you do go on a road trip you don't even have to leave your area. I mean, you could just drive around your region. You could drive around your state. Um, you can see and plenty find of them. A million different things. You know, I live in San Diego, and we've got we've got the Whaley House and Hotel Del Coronado. Both ding of ding which ding ding. Thank yeah. you, my dear. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. And when down down in San Diego town, you go there, and people say the Hotel Del, they know exactly what you mean. Right, and I have to tell you, I have a little story that when we first, um, I moved to San Diego in the mid-70s from New York. And when we first came out to, to this area, that's one of the first places that we went to as tourists. And we went on their tour. This was my first experience with the Hotel Dale. I don't think I've, I think I've been back twice since. And so we were taking the tour. We were walking past this little area where there's a gift shop. And there was a hallway that just sort of going down, you know, it was all under construction. So they had the construction yellow tape blocking off the hallway. And I remember getting close to that area and just feeling absolutely sick to my stomach. 
just repelled, like repulsed, repelled, uh, just this awful feeling of, oh my God, do not go anywhere near there. And I don't know why. I mean, I did not know the history of the hotel at the time. And so, you know, as the tour went on, the woman was saying, yeah, there were, there's a ghost, the ghost apparently of a young woman named Kate Morgan, who was very young at the time and took her own life and has often been seen in that particular area where they were doing this sort of renovation work. So it was like, oh, you got to be kidding. (laughs) I just remember feeling so pushed away. Like there was just some kind of vibrational force pushing me away from that part of the hotel. And not that you could have gone down there anyway. I also felt that on the Queen Mary um, in, I think it was the cargo area, just a sort of deep, dark, foreboding force that, you know, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going there. I'll pay attention. But the Hotel Dell is world famous. Thousands upon thousands of people come here every year just to go there. You can stay there and you can tour. Again, I would, excuse me, double check right now. Um, I'm actually on their website and it doesn't say anything about, uh, you know, social distancing tours. But I would definitely check and make sure that they're allowing tours now and see, you know, you can stay there. You can go eat there. You can walk around the hotel and absorb some of the history and it's absolutely gorgeous right on the beach in coronado just gorgeous i have not been in the hotel i have been to coronado and of course i saw it been on the beach a few times and i just found it such a remarkable piece of architecture that i can see where spirits would attach themselves to the place where they had a grand experience as a guest Yeah, you know, a lot of celebrities stay there. I mean, it was famous for, uh, there was a movie with Marilyn Monroe filmed there, there, and of course, totally uh, blocked. uh, Tony Curtis, Marilyn Monroe. Oh, gosh. Was it Some Like It Hot? Yes. That's the one, isn't it? I think that was filmed there. Yeah, so it was, you know, a lot of celebrities came down and stayed there. It was... And then they'd go to the maybe the racetrack or whatever. It's a very famous hotel. What people don't realize, though, is if you go to the Hotel Dell, you can also drive just a few miles into downtown San Diego. And there are other haunted hotels. There's the Horton Grand Hotel, which is in the heart of the famous Gaslamp Quarter, um, which is a very a, a wonderful district in downtown San Diego with a lot of old, old buildings and architecture mixed in with new cafes and restaurants and pubs all over the place. And then a little further, a few blocks away from there is the U.S. Grant Hotel, a very luxurious hotel built back in 1910 that is supposedly very haunted, according to people that stay there. And those are places that you can you know, you don't have to necessarily book a room. You can go in and have a dinner or lunch or um, go into the gift shops. And then again, not too far from there, you go into Old Town and you've got the world famous Whaley House, which is another notorious haunted location that they do give public tours and ghost hunting tours all the time. 
So that's the great thing is that you can drive around, do your road trip, but you can also get out of your car and go in and, and really enjoy some of these places. You know, Absolutely. if you don't want to just. Yeah, but I, I went to tell Old Town. You. Summer oh, of did 19, you? Summer way back, summer of 1981. I went to Old Town. I was determined to see the haunted Whaley house. Took the tour, did not see any ghosts, but I felt like I was soaking up some Western history. And I was glad I took the tour, which is now, it's not a hotel, but it's a museum. It is. Yeah, it is. And I've been there a couple of times. I never had anything um, happen there when I was there. I did. And I didn't have that feeling like I had at Hotel Dell when I was really young or that I've had when I've been on the Queen Mary. The Queen Mary is so full of history that I really think whether you believe it's haunted or not, you're absorbing a heck of a lot of energy just from the history of it. Um, but I do want to mention what is considered the nation's most haunted hotel and one that you can not only go and tour, but you can go on public ghost hunts. And that is the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And it has about 135 years of history. It started off as a woman's college before, actually before that, it was a hospital that was uh, run by run by a guy who was supposedly like a crackpot, uh, a, a nut job. So Lord knows what he was doing in this hospital. But people have reported seeing human and animal ghosts all over the area. The hotel itself is a historical landmark. It's got a resort. It's got a spa. Um, there's ghosts reported in several of the rooms, in the hallways. Some people have... Um, gone on the tour and actually fainted <laughs> Wow! and we don't know is it because the, you know the building is old and maybe there's a mold or something but it's it's i i know a lot of people that have taken the tour there and gone there they have paranormal events all the time and absolutely loved it you can even visit the morgue there used to be a morgue down there. Oh, I'm not sure I would go down to the morgue. Yeah. That incredible. <laughs> for the, for um, the brave hearts. I know, I know. So so it's been in the media, you know, especially in um, local media in, in Arkansas. But it's a very famous place that you can go. And again, not sure what they're doing publicly right now. I, I almost am 100% positive that they have a virtual tour going. And I found out just being on Facebook that a lot of these places, you know, in order to keep business going, have been doing virtual tours. So um, depending on what section of the country you live in and, you know, what you can do right now. Um, but nothing stops you from getting in your car and driving around. And er like I said, every state has Salem, Massachusetts has a bunch of a whole section of haunted hotels and, and motels and inns, uh, Savannah, Atlanta, all throughout New York, Charleston, North Car or South Carolina has the Battery Carriage House. So honestly, it doesn't matter where you live, you're gonna find something haunted nearby. Thank you so much, Marie. I am delighted that we could talk. 
Poltergeist Notwithstanding. It was great to have you on. The name of your book, again, I'd love for everybody to have a copy, Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Hauntings. When we, we didn't get to hiking trails, but you know what? The next time you're on, we'll talk about haunted hiking trails oh, and lines. Oh, absolutely. Everybody's be... hiking. Let's do that. Yes. Excellent. Thank you for joining us today, Marie. Thank you. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview and enjoy the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well. Slowly but surely, America is opening up again for business, travel, and new adventures. It's time to fuel your open road dreams and plan that amazing journey along our nation's highways and byways with the inspiration and assistance of American Road Magazine. Every issue of American Road offers exciting features, high quality writing and beautiful photography, covering a wide range of alluring places just waiting to be discovered by road warriors of all descriptions across America. The gorgeous horizon is wide enough to accommodate your personal vision of the best road trip ever. There has never been a better time to treat yourself or someone special with the gift of a subscription to American Road Magazine. But there's something special going on this season. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com, click the cover photo, and enjoy the online edition of the Spring 2020 issue for free.